This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, go with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. Now, if you've been here on Wednesday night since January, you know where we're going with this. We've been talking about faith. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, uh, Romans 10, 17. Uh, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So again, tonight, we're going to talk about faith. But a couple weeks ago, I quoted James chapter 1, verse 22, and it says this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. So I, I got to get the word in me. Get, get the word in you and God will change you, okay? Get, get in the Bible, all right? Read the word of God. And then obey the word of God. So when I look at this, when it pertains to the word of God, if I don't do the word of God, if I don't act on the word of God, the word of God won't work in my life. I can believe the word of God, but just because I believe the word of God, it won't change my circumstances, okay? So a little illustration I thought of that may help you. We could go to United Grocery Store after the service, And we could load up a shopping cart full of groceries. And you could say out of your mouth or in your heart, you know, I know if I get those groceries home and I eat those, I'm not going to starve to death. And that would be a true statement, what you just said. That is believing. You know, I believe with all my heart that if I eat those things in that basket, I won't starve to death. But if I never get those home and eat them, Even though the thing that I believe is true, it won't come to pass, all right? So my believing is the starting point, it's not the ending point. And so again, James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. The message says, obey the message. Now we begin in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And I believe with all my heart, it's going to be real simple tonight, okay? This is going to be some simple stuff. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, which is a Roman military officer, came to Jesus pleading with him, saying, Lord. Now, it's interesting right here how he addresses Jesus. He addresses Jesus as Lord. And he said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Now, right here what he does is he didn't deny the condition. Actually, he gets very descriptive of what he said. He said, my servant lies at home and he's dreadfully tormented, is what it said. Paralyzed. And so again, we never deny the situation. We don't have to deny the problem. That's real. So he goes on to say this, and in verse 7, Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. Just point blank. Jesus said, you know what I'll do? I'll come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, again, he addressed him as Lord. I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, I believe the reason he said that right there is because this Roman officer here, he was a Gentile. In their customs, the Gentiles didn't have a lot to do with the Jews. So he's saying to Jesus, who was a Jew, Lord, I'm I'm not worthy that you should even come to my house. And then he goes on to say, And that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word 
and my servant would be healed. That's interesting right here because this military man, he says specifically, Jesus, because of the authority and the power you have, you speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now Jesus didn't say that, this man said that. And so to a degree, you know what I believe is happening here? I believe this man's faith is beginning to talk. He's beginning to say, I believe that if you speak the word, he'll be healed. Verse number 9. For I also am a man under authority. I also am a man under authority. You know what this tells me here? One thing about this guy He understands what it means to be submitted to authority. He said, I am under authority. Now that's big because, you know, Jesus was under authority. He was under Father God's authority. And so he says here, I am a man also under authority, and I have soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes, and to another come, and he comes And to my servant, you do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, or he heard what the man said, he marveled and he said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus, he hears what the man says, And his response to the everything that the man said pertaining to authority, he said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And so now when he says this, it raises the curiosity in me. So Jesus says, I haven't found such great faith. So what was Jesus basing this man's great faith on? Interesting when we look at it that way. So we go back and we look at verse number 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And so when I look at this, he says, I have authority. Now when he says, I have authority, not only does he have authority, he begins to say, watch how authority works. And he goes on to say, and we repeat it again. Come and he comes. Do this and he does it. And so again, we see right here that this, this military man understood that nothing happens until someone gives an order. Now just think about this here for a second. This military man who had been given authority, he could believe with all his heart, I got authority. I know I got authority. He could sit behind his desk and everybody that comes in and says, you know what, I got authority. I could believe that with all my heart. But until he did something with that authority, it would never do him no good. And so when I look at this right here, what did he understand about authority? He says, when you give the order, then something happens. So again, part of faith is not just believing, then I got to act. And so the way this guy acted is he understood Something happens when I give an order in the spiritual realm and the authority we come under is the authority of Jesus. I'm going to quote a few verses here to help you. 
In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, the Lord Jesus said, I give you, you, us as believers, authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Jesus said, I give you authority. In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 19, the Lord Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So what happens with us pertaining to how this guy understood authority is the same way me and you walk in authority. I come under the authority of Jesus Christ. So how would that look as a believer? Well, I find out what the Word says. And then in Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11, it says specifically that Jesus' name is the name that's a name above every name. And so right here, we begin to get get a little bit of an insight of how faith works. Again, here's the deal. Me and you, we can believe all day long, you know what, I got authority. I got authority. But until I do something with that authority, it does me no good. Now look back at verse number 8. Watch this. He said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. So you know what he just says right there? Lord Jesus, because the authority that you have, just give the order. Just speak the order. So again, there's something that begins to happen with me and you as believers when not only do we speak the Word of God, but we start giving orders with the Word of God by the name of Jesus. This will help you when you get this on the inside of you. I want you to look at the same chapter. Turn over uh, just uh, one, one page to Matthew chapter 8 and we'll begin in verse number 23. So what do we see here? When I look at this, great faith was dis- dem- demonstrated by understanding authority, submitted, and learning to give the order with the word of my mouth. My words are so powerful, okay? Do you know your words are so powerful? Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Again, right there, something happens when faith speaks. Same chapter, verse 23. Told you it's going to be real simple. Now, when he got into a boat, Jesus, his disciples followed him. Now, the more you read on this passage, you're going to find out they all got in the same boat. So this boat, we know, could hold at least 13 people. Jesus and the 12 disciples. So it's a pretty good-sized boat. Verse 24. And suddenly, and suddenly or unexpectedly, a great tempest arose or a great storm arose. Now, just reading that right there, Let me ask you something. How many of you have had a great storm arise in your life lately? (laughs) Unexpectedly. I believe this happens to us, all of us, periodically. And so right here, he says right here, this storm came out of nowhere so that the whole boat was covered with the waves, but Jesus was asleep. Now what's interesting to me here is 
the, the waves are so big that these, these waves are coming over the boat or in the boat. And it's, it's apparent this is a pretty good storm. But Jesus is taking a nap. Jesus is sleeping right through the midst of the storm. Keep reading. Then his disciples, they came to Jesus and they awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing, we are about to die. Now a couple things immediately jump out to me right here when I read this. Every one of us in here, we're going to encounter storms, okay? The disciples of Jesus encountered storms. Another thing we need to understand this is you're going to counter storms even when Jesus is in your boat. Even when Jesus is in your life, you're going to encounter storms, okay? And another point we can make is not only are we going to encounter storms when Jesus is in the boat with us, they even have the abilities to come suddenly. So this shouldn't rock us that these things are going to happen. So when we begin to see this right here, understand we face the same dilemmas that the disciples did. So they say, man, the sea's rocking, it's bad. It's so bad. Remember this about many of the disciples. They were fishermen. This was their living. Most of them had been in storms, so this was a doozy right here. This was Hurricane Harvey way back then. And so these guys are shook. We're about to die. And so look what they do here. They wake him and they said, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Now, this is interesting to me because Jesus' response here was about their faith. And when he says little faith, was he describing a faith that lacks confidence or trust? Now this is another definition of that. Another another way we term it is underdeveloped faith. I like that. I'm telling you right there. That's with most of us in here. So when Jesus looked at him and said little faith, you know what he was really saying? Listen, boys, you got underdeveloped faith. I've been there. Numerous times, even lately, when he said, you got underdeveloped faith. Now, what if Jesus would have said, you know, boys, just sitting here on this bed, you woke me up, but I believe the storm's going to be still in a little bit. I believe that's going to happen. That would have been a great thing. But if it was just about my believing, then what about the action with it? What about being a doer of the word? So look what Jesus himself does. Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was great calm. So to me right here, you know what Jesus does? He uses this not only to teach them, he uses this to teach me and you. And in the storms of life, you know what Jesus did? He gave an order. He spoke to the wind and the sea. And it ended up saying here, And the sea, and there was great 
calm. You know, the sea didn't stop doing anything until he acted. And many times we have, well, that was Jesus. But again, Jesus has said over and over in the New Testament, I've given you authority. So when we begin to look at this, when the storms arose, they reacted to the storm instead of to respond to the storm. So the way they reacted, they reacted out of fear and out of their mouths. They said, we're fixing to die. But instead of reacting to the storm, Jesus responded to the storm. And how did he respond to the storm? He spoke to the storm and he gave an order again. So I go back and I look not only at this, but I begin to look and I think, that's exactly what the centurion said to Jesus. He said, just give the order. Just give the order. Now we can look at that and again we can sit here and say, well, that was Jesus. Jesus did that. Jesus did this. Well, turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. You know, when I study the New Testament, it says the things that Jesus did, we'd do also and greater. At times, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. But I want to give you again a couple thoughts as you turn to Mark 11. There was a man named Lazarus who'd been dead for a couple of days. And Jesus could have looked at Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary, and say, You know what? I believe someday he'll come out of that. I believe that. But you know what he did? He peeked his head into that tomb and he gave the order and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Something happens when we begin to give an order that the order is spoken by faith, okay? Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Now, if you were here a couple weeks ago, we remember that in Genesis 1, how did God form the world? And God said, if you look in Genesis 1 on 10 different occasions, it'll say, and God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So again, we begin to see not only Father God knew how to give an order in faith, but also the Lord Jesus did too. So he says right here to me and you, have the God kind of faith. Now when he tells us that, not only does he tell us to have the God kind of faith, in verse 23 he tells us how to do it. And he said, for as surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, he doesn't deny the mountain, he doesn't deny there's something going on, he says, whoever speaks to this mountain and says, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So literally, Jesus right here, he begins to tell us how the God kind of faith works, and he says, when you believe the things that you say, They'll happen exactly as you say them. Now you can go back there and look how many times he mentions our words. So I've got to tie my faith in with the words. 
And when you begin to believe the word of God, man, you begin to order facts. You begin to speak facts. And I can go through the New Testament, throughout the book of Acts, and I can show you how men and women in the Bible, they did that. Let me give you a description of it. In Acts 3, it says, There was a lame man that laid by the gate called Beautiful, who was lame. And it said, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray that hour. And this lame man stuck out his hand and asked for alms or money. And Peter and John looked at him and they said, Silver and gold have such I have not. I don't have any gold. But Peter looked at him and said, But what I do have, I give to you. And you know what the scripture says next? And he said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know what Peter did? He gave the command. So again, I begin to look at all this in the Bible. And I think, Lord, this faith right here needs to be developed. And so he begins to tell us how to develop our faith right there in Mark eleven twenty two and 23. And then in Mark eleven twenty four he says, And whatsoever things you ask, you ask when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you'll have them. Now let me ask you something. What does it mean to ask and what does it mean to pray? That tells me i got to do something with my mouth. And so literally again, what he begins to tell us is he said, man, when you pray and you ask, believe that you receive it. So he said, give the order. Give the order in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. If you're born again and just like the centurion, Jesus is Lord of your life, guess what Jesus said? I give you my name. Use my name. Speak the name of Jesus. Over and over, he gives us the power and authority. I'm going to take you to one last passage of Scripture here. Go to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and and this is really, really going to knock on your heart right here. I believe this passage will be so simple that some of you will begin to look and say, I see it. I see the Word of God. See, here's what begins to happen with me with the Lord. You know what he says to me many times? He said, You put up with way too much stuff than you should. Begin to speak to the mountain. You know what I found out in my life? That I'm either speaking to the mountain or the mountain speaking to me. And the mountain starts saying, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. But when I find in the Word of God I can do that, you know what? I just got to start firing back and say, no, this is what the Word of God says. And I release that and I begin to give the order. Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. But what does it say? The word of God is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now it's interesting right there. He didn't just say, that's the word we preach. He said, the word of faith that we preach. So I look at this and I think, okay, Lord. You specifically said, the word of faith that we preach has to get in my mouth and in my heart. 
So you know what that tells me? i got to start speaking the Word of God out of my mouth. Begin to quote the Word out of your mouth. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You know what that means? You will get born again. So how did you get born again? You confessed with your mouth, and you believed in your heart. So if you've accepted Jesus with your, as Lord of your life, you did that. You said, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that you're the Son of God. I believe you're everything you said you are. And so when you look at this, how did every one of us in here that got born again happen? We confessed with our mouth and we believed in our heart. You know how faith works in any other arena? The exact same way. Verse number 10. For with the heart one believes. Now that word believes there means to trust in. To be fully convinced. A personal trust. Listen to this. A personal trust that produces obedience. So how do we obey believing in my heart? Well guess what? You know what I can say all day long? I believe in my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe that Jesus is Lord of my life. And you know what? You can believe that, but it doesn't do you any good until I get to the last part. Look at verse 10 at the end. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The confession part is the action part. The confession part becomes the obedience. And so when I look at this right here, the importance and power of faith confession it, when, I, when, when you see what he's talking about here, it's a binding declaration. What is? I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth. So speaking with our lips, what our heart has received and believed of many promises in his word, it literally becomes this, confessed belief. So as I put all that together again, I look and I think, that's exactly what that centurion did. He believed in his heart that Jesus could heal his servant. So what did he say? He said, just give the order, Lord Jesus. Just speak the word. Just say it out of your mouth. And then again, with, with Jesus on the ship, he did the same thing. So how does that pertain to me and you? Well... If faith comes by hearing, that tells me the more the Word of God I hear, something begins to happen on the inside of me. And so when you begin to get into the Word of God, you want to get in God's will, get in God's Word. You can find out, just read the Bible and God will tell you right there what His will is. Over and over and over and over again. So I'm going to rewind you many, many moons ago, okay? Many moons ago now. I got huge problems with alcohol. Huge. Got me in a headlock. Have you ever been in a headlock by something in your life? It's okay to admit it. I mean, I, I had huge issues with alcohol. And I give my heart to Jesus. And I still got problems with alcohol, even though I've given my heart to Jesus. 
And one day I'm studying the Word of God, and there in Colossians 1, verse 13, actually verses 12, 13, and 14, it says that we've become partakers of the inheritance in light because of Jesus. So I'm sitting there meditating on that verse, and I thought, I'm a partaker of the inheritance. I got an inheritance. The problem is most Christians don't know we got an inheritance. And so I read the next verse, and you know what it says? I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. So I look at that and I read that. You know what the power of darkness was in my life at times? It was alcohol at that time. I'm dominated by it. How many of you are dominated by something in darkness? If you're dominated by something in darkness, then you begin to go back and you look at the Word of God. And he said, I have delivered you in my situation out of alcohol. So you know what I started saying? Father God, I believe that. You said in your Word, you've delivered me from the power of alcohol. So you know what I begin to do? I begin to say exactly what the Word of God said. And I used it in this sense. I thank you today, Father God, that you've delivered me from the power of alcohol. I begin to speak that. I begin to give that order. And I said, you know what? Alcohol, you have no dominion over me no more. And some of you will say, and you got set free the very first week. Nope, I didn't. It was almost a four-year process. But I kept speaking the word. I kept speaking the word. I kept believing the word. The more I spoke the word, the more I began to believe it. So this is what it began to look like. Instead of drinking every day and being a heavy drinker, it started getting spread apart. Day or two. Hey, I hadn't had a drink in two days. That was huge. That was victory. Be like some of you lying every day and you quit lying for two days. <laughs> I'm a little ornery every now and then, okay? I'm human. I remember many times I'd do, I'd do stupid stuff. I'd get around people and I'd get drunk again. I remember I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, Colossians 1.13 says you've been delivered from the power of darkness. I would have my wife lay hands on me and say, you've been delivered. And so guess what? Proverbs 24 says a righteous man will fall seven times, but he gets back up. So I kept getting back up with the Word of God. I kept quoting what God said. I kept on. And before long, it had gone to, to two weeks. It had gone to a month. Before long, I began to look and say, man, the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper and two edges Word. That I don't have a problem with it anymore. I could get out and mow the lawn and think, you know what, after this, I'm going to have a shot of Jack Daniels. No, I didn't do that anymore. I hadn't had any liquor in me. To the truth of the matter is I don't even desire for 35 years now. And you know why I tell you that? Because God wants to do the same thing for you. Acts chapter 10, verse 34, I think it's the exact verse. Peter said this, I perceive that God's no respecter of persons. Do you know what that means? If he'll set this old boy who was born in Oklahoma free, I've never been to heaven, but I've been to Oklahoma then he'll set you free, okay? He'll set you free, okay? I don't care who you are today. The Word of God reads the same. So what we got to do, we got to get in the Word and start believing the Word, and we start speaking the Word and speak the Word and stay with the Word and keep staying with the Word and put down pride and arrogance. Every time you have an opportunity, come to the altar and say, Lord Jesus, fix me, heal me, set me free. Because I'm telling you, the Word of God will not return void. The Word of God will work, guys. It'll work. We just got to stay with it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit 
faithchurchlubbock.com.